Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey guys, before this episode starts, I want to talk about some pretty cool news. Oki Investigations now has its own website. It's truecrime.blog. And it is a running blog for crime stories and for this show. So if you're a true crime buff and you want to see some cool things that we gathered while researching each show, including a like timeline of events that we put together, uh, newspaper clippings, court documents, and much, much more, come check us out at truecrime.blog. One, two, three, Hello everyone and welcome to Oki Investigations. My name is Trevor Shelby. In this episode, we're going to discuss one of Oklahoma's most infamous criminals, Donald Eugene Webb. He spent his life running from police. In this episode, we will discuss what happened, why, and what's happened since. But first, if you're a first-time listener, to experience this podcast to its finest, Hit that subscribe button so when we have new episodes, you will be the first to know. Then, head on over to our Facebook page. Here we can discuss the case together and perhaps come up with our own theories on the many cases that will be featured on this show. You can find us at facebook.com forward slash Investigations. I hope everybody's been well. I've been pretty good here. Things have this been a tough week. It's been a pretty tough week. I tell you what work gets backed up everything kind of kind of goes to poop after that so it's it's been a tough week but i will say that i'm glad that we have had episode 21 so this episode uh, marks the the drinking age for the podcast so yeah (laughs) but yeah i hope everybody's enjoying the show so far if you have any ideas or any other cases that you want me to look into, definitely let me know. Uh, it's been fun looking into some of these uh, for you guys. But for the next few weeks, I want to change things up just a little bit. I think that it's fun to look at the history inside of Oklahoma, but I was going to take a little spin on things and we're going to look at some of the most infamous Oklahomans. We're going to talk about some of the things that they did across the nation. So these are people that were born in Oklahoma, committed crimes, probably somewhere elsewhere. Sometimes it may have been here in Oklahoma, but most of the times it's been elsewhere. So we've got about 10 people that we've picked out. Uh, today's episode, we're featuring Donald Webb, who, if you don't know who he is, then you're in for a real treat here. This guy has broken records that you don't want to break, so we will get into some of that soon. If you're a fan of the original Unsolved Mysteries, then you would probably recognize uh, Donald Webb or his photo, and because he was featured on a few episodes there, he supposedly had some back and forth with John Walsh, and so I thought that was kind of interesting, so you probably 
you guys are fans there, then you probably recognize this guy. Now, Donald Eugene Webb was actually born Donald Eugene Perkins on July 14, 1931, in Oklahoma City. He was raised by his grandfather, and according to the FBI, Webb was a career criminal and a master of assumed identities. He grew up a former butcher, a car salesman, and a vending machine repairman. He also joined the Navy, but that career was cut short when he was kicked out and given a dishonorable discharge. Between all these jobs was a series of crimes, burglaries, jewelry store heists, and bank robberies. He was a member of the famous Fall River Gang and also developed ties to the Patricia crime family and also an organized crime outfit in the Miami area. Donald Perkins became Donald Webb in 1956 while all of these things were going down. Perhaps he felt he needed a new legal name to make it harder to connect himself to crimes of his past. Back then, doing a background check was pretty limited, and things like this would be common for criminals to do to get around some of the checks at the time. Now, I really don't know how background checks of the 1970s, you know, 50s, 60s, 70s, were to have gone down. I imagine it would be submitting forms to the police who somehow ran checks, but yeah... I mean, most people would be hiring people by word of mouth. So if you went and got a job as a car salesman, you know, the car salesman might say, hey, you know this Eugene Webb? Well, no, they don't. He just changed his name. So back then, that was a, uh, that was a pretty good way to, to cover your tracks, to cover your past, really. Webb was known as a big tipper. He was the kind of person who liked to flash his money around. Detectives were on to Webb and had issued warrants for his arrest, but he was a hard person to catch. He made very few mistakes. Remember, this is a career criminal. The FBI has classified him as a master of assumed identities. This is why it was either fate or just horrible bad luck for police chief Gregory Adams, who had pulled Webb over for a routine traffic stop. Now, Gregory Adams was a 31-year-old police chief of Saxonburg, Pennsylvania. He was a nine-year veteran of law enforcement, so he was no, you know, newcomer to these things. He pulled Webb over, and they pulled into a Agway feed store parking lot. Now, this is on Butler Street. Now, Adams used his patrol car to stop the suspect by blocking the exit of the parking lot. When he asked for the suspect for his driver's license, the suspect gave him a fraudulent identity documents. Now, from what I've learned, the documents he actually gave the officer was identity documents of his wife's ex-husband who had since been deceased so 
he had gotten his hands on those documents and he was using them as an alias. Now, this wasn't Chief Adams' first rodeo, and he was not fooled by these fake documents. When he confronted Webb, Webb pulled a gun on him. Chief Adams was able to get his gun out. They exchanged fire. They both shot each other. Then, Webb was able to gain the upper hand. He overpowered Chief Adams, brought him to the ground, and then pistol-whipped him severely, and then shot him with his own pistol. Now, according to an article I found by The Independent, they described Chief Adams' murder as particularly tragic because even though he was only 31 at the time, he had two sons at home. He was married. He actually changed his career around and became the chief in Saxonburg to avoid this, just, this kind of thing from happening. He moved into a small town so that he could avoid crimes like this he was a police officer in washington dc until the murder of his partner during a traffic stop this pushed him to switch from urban crime fighting to small town police work in 1973 now i've said it before on this show and i'm gonna say it again Uh, traffic stops are probably some of the most dangerous things that you can go through as a police officer you just never know what you're going to come into I've done several ride-alongs with police officers, and one thing that I always admired about a lot of them is that they treat every stop as this could be potentially life-threatening. And it's because things like this happen. And one of the things, you know, instead of drawing your weapon or something like that, what a lot of people's minds go to when I say things like this. No, it's more about walking up to the vehicle and placing your hand on their taillight as you walk up to the driver's side. That way, if something does happen, he's left his fingerprints right there in a spot that they can be easily collected on a car. So that's a nice spot. It's a nice clear spot. It's typically, you know, not that dirty or, um, you know, easy to hold fingerprints, I guess you would say. If you have a partner, typically officers will approach on both sides of the vehicle. That way, if something were to happen, you're not both standing in the line of fire. These are all precautions that officers have to take because these are things that have happened so many times in the past. Now, when Chief Adams was shot, a nearby resident reported hearing the gunfire from two weapons. When police arrived on the scene, they found Chief Adams. He was still alive. They were able to work on him, get him into an ambulance, but sadly he passed away while en route to the hospital. Webb left behind his handgun, and also he had taken the time to rip the radio out of Adam's patrol car before fleeing. At the scene, officers did find the fake driver's license that Webb was trying to use, and they also found blood of the same type as Webb. That's what they were using to tie him to the scene. Now, the way the blood splatter and everything was kind of uh, matching up, they believed that Webb had been shot in the leg and now was missing and on the run. 
The white Mercury Cougar, which Webb had rented, was found two weeks later abandoned at Howard Johnson's Motel in Warwick, Rhode Island. And significant amounts of blood was found. It was just weeks later he was named the main suspect in the killing of Chief Adams. And the nationwide manhunt began. This started with placing him on the FBI's 10 Most Wanted list. He was charged with murder, attempted burglary, an unlawful flight to avoid prosecution. Now, the last actual reported confirmed sighting of Webb was in 1981 in New Bedford, Massachusetts. It was reported to the Boston FBI office, but Webb had fled by the time investigators had arrived to that location. There were later unconfirmed sightings of Webb or men resembling him pretty much all over the place. Washington, Canada, Costa Rica. Now, after being on America's Most Wanted, somebody wrote in, and it may or may not have been Webb, and had said if he was able to talk directly to John Walsh, he would turn himself in. According to Walsh, FBI evidence technicians examined this letter and believed it to be authentic. Uh, handwriting tests were, although inconclusive. On April 1st, 1990, a man claiming to be Webb called Walsh, but when asked questions to confirm his identity, was unable to name two of Webb's closest relatives. The call was dismissed as a April Fool's joke. The murder case was also featured on an episode of Unsolved Mysteries. Now, after all this business in the early 90s, it's pretty hard to pin down Webb's activities from here on because he's in deep hiding at this point. Now, some of the things that he's able to accomplish at this time is that September 14, 1999, Webb was noted as the fugitive with the longest tenure on the FBI 10 most wanted list, surpassing the previous record held by Charles Lee Heron. Now, in an unusual circumstances, this is this is kind of funny and also fitting, I guess you would say. In April 2005, an unidentified man in Detroit was found using Webb's name, age, and social security number. The Detroit police tracked the address to a burned-out house in a poor section of town. Authorities considered this a case of identity theft, however unusual that is. So somebody was having police come down on him pretty hard because he was using the, the identity of Webb, <laughs> which is pretty crazy. Webb, who was a, pretty much a master of, it, of identity theft of his time, is, it's done to him, but the, uh, the guy doing the act is uh, attracting a lot of unwanted attention. Now, in just a crazy turn of events in 2006, in a completely separate investigation, but also one that appears to have been in the Webb family, police found a secret room inside their home. This is a room that appeared on no official documents. They didn't file any kind of permits to create a secret room in their house or anything like that. So they had no record of this this room existing basically 
and inside the room they found a cane. When authorities searched the property, they eventually found the buried remains of Webb, which they said appears that he died during a stroke back in 1999. It's pretty crazy to think that even during these times that somebody can evade the FBI for 20, almost 20 years. That's that's crazy. Now, in an effort to get this all solved, investigators were able to offer immunity to Webb's ex-wife with her cooperation in the investigation. So, she was able to walk investigators out through how exactly they were able to hide somebody for 19 plus years. I think one of the saddest things about this is uh, Chief Adams. This is a man that died on the job and his death was never um, brought to justice. The fact that Webb was able to live some sort of free life after all this is pretty sad and I really do feel bad for the family that didn't get to see justice for his death. I mean, this is a man that upheld the law. This is a man that did what was right, and it failed him in return. But anyways, folks, that's all I got for you for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I've got a good one for next week, so... I hope you guys are enjoying this little series of the most infamous Oklahomans. I'll see you guys next week. Make sure you like, share, and subscribe. It really does help us out. See ya. Save big money on your outdoor project now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth so you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. Check out our entire selection of FVP batteries today and view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals. Save big money at Menards. These days, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make all kinds of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more, right here in the USA. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs in towns and cities across the country. And jobs bring pride. Purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20.